News. At your service, it's the Home Improvement Show, presented by Mosby Building Arts. To ask a question, call 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Now, the host of the Home Improvement Show, Rich Horris, on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Scott Mosby here on KMOX. Good morning, all. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby standing by. We are answering your calls. 314-436-7900. Rich Orris is away with the lovely COVID. Yep. Hey, Scott, can you cover for me Saturday? Of course I can. Welcome back. Glad to be here in the seat. 314-436-7900. I have a guest here in the studio, but that'll be a surprise for later. So stay tuned. Lots of things happening on this snowy, cold day. And I do mean cold. Wow. Well, think about that. Uh, Lots of things happening in the world of construction. The economy continues to unroll The uh, lumber futures, as I occasionally discuss, are changing a bit. But uh, suffice it to say that the interest rates on everything drive whether or not this is a a good time to remodel or a bad time to remodel, build a new home, change your life. However, the world keeps on turning with or without us. So folks continue to uh, change their lives, retire, buy the home for the family, take the opportunity to move into a really strong school district. And that's, you know, that's how housing changes and evolves as we all go through the various stages in our life, whether we're just getting a family started, coming out of school or retiring in the later years. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 puts us together. So, so many things that we can talk about here. Uh, again, uh, St. Louis, a cold and chilly one, the ice and the snow. <clears throat> Hopefully you were able to get your snow melt out, out on down on the pavement, sidewalk, patio, driveway, whatever it is, before the snow came. That being the most effective way is to anticipate the problem and put that material down between the concrete and the pavement and the uh, falling snow, which then gets warmed up. Uh, oddly enough, we, we still get these warm days in St. Louis. And the ground is still relatively warm, or warmer than 16 degrees last night. So that snow melts momentarily, freezes back on the surface, and it sticks to at least the sidewalks and the concrete areas. So if you put that membrane, that little film of ice melt or snow melt, however you want to talk about it, that material then breaks the bond. So you still get the ice. You still get the snow. It just doesn't stick quite so tenaciously. Scott Mosby here at your service. Um, we still own Mosby Building Arts. Life is good, and we are off and running. Uh, we are a design-build company. With me now, I have a uh, uh, an esteemed guest, and I, I say that sincerely, uh, one of my mentors in earlier years that uh, really pioneered design, build, home remodeling from Portland, Oregon. I have Tom Kelly with me now. And uh, Tom, good morning. Welcome aboard. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you here. I mean, gosh, to have uh, the opportunity that you're in town uh, to talk about that as well as be on the air now. Uh, Tom, uh, your Neil Kelly company, can you tell me a little bit uh, history about your company? Sure. My dad's name was Neil Kelly, and he started the business in 1947. Um, 
So we've been in business for quite a few years, just like your company. I think we are two of the oldest, if not the oldest, remodeling firms in the United States. That's kind of interesting. I know you, you've spoken that to me, and I it's it's hard to imagine that, but you and I both second-generation remodelers, remodelers now. Companies are on to uh, the next generation, and golly, your, your son's integral in the business as well? That's right. He's a production manager for our Portland office. Uh, well, Tom Kelly, uh, Neil Kelly Company, Portland, Oregon. Uh, tell me about some of the early years, because to me, Tom, you were – um, in a magazine, so I would read about Neil Kelly Company and more that than than Tom Kelly Company in those years, or Tom Kelly, because you know you were the, the company had a quite a strong reputation uh, early on too. Well, my dad built quite a business, um, and uh, I didn't take over until uh, the late seventies. Um, but um, in the early days, we were. We were more like a, uh, you know, we did a lot of foundations and things like that, exterior work, and uh, in the 50s uh, started to evolve into more what we look like today, a general remodeler, a design-build remodeler. Um, in the early 70s, uh, my dad was doing design work for clients and uh, started seeing some of his designs um, built by other contractors. So. Oh. Really, that's what initiated what we today call uh, design build. Us and another remodeler in Washington, D.C. area, Case Remodeling, were the pioneers of design build. So instead of doing the designs for free and watching them go elsewhere, um, we developed an agreement where we would get paid to do the design with the understanding that we'd be doing the work based on the budget that we initially gave the client. And pretty straightforward and simple. And now design build is across the construction industry, and it, it, I don't think very many people know that design build was developed by us remodelers. So, Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm one of the students, certainly uh, we call it in remodeling R&D, rip off and duplicate, so I was one of your early acolytes, whether you knew me or not at the time, but uh, I found it interesting, and my dad kind of did the same thing separately but it was some years later so i don't know that he was aware but as i got into the industry coming out of school I, you know i was quite aware of you know mostly the east and the west coast you know you guys tend to pioneer everything and it eventually comes into what you uh describe as flyover country so you know <laughs> i'll show it's I, great I, to be here in flyover <laughs> country by the way i'll show him the door later here folks you know. <laughs> But thanks for joining. We've got two hours today, and I uh, hope you'll stick around. We'll have some fun. Right on. Uh, Neil Kelly Company, Tom Kelly, Scott Mosby here. Again, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. We're going to talk about hot and cold filters, heating and cooling, thermostats, all those things that you're you're thinking about right now. So uh, keep that in mind that uh, we'll, we'll likely... Uh, have to do something about that uh, because uh, really it's interesting whether it's hot or cold or sunny or not uh, that's typically people say well what do you talk about on the radio show it's like well I talk about whatever the situation is today you know folks deal with issues uh, you know freezing pipes uh, ice built up you know too much from snow or, or whatever but it's whatever is current and whatever is fun so I enjoy describing 
my relationship with you here in St. Louis. Uh, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Uh, stay tuned after today's show at 1 o'clock. We're going to have uh, uh, your retirement professionals, 2 o'clock business, a family business. Rich Orris bids you well, uh, told me to say hello. So uh, Rich Orris, normally the, the host here on the KMOX Home Improvement Show, 97.1 FM Talk. And he, anyway, I'm here in his stead. So, Rich, I hope you're recovering well. And uh, we've got a, a, a convenient guest here with Tom Kelly. And uh, we'll, we'll, we're two hours to talk about anything related to you. We're going to take a short pause and come right back for more. All right, back together, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, with a guest in studio, Tom Kelly of Neil Kelly Company, a design-build remodeling company, or as we call it, full-service remodeling, of which uh, Mosby Building Arts is. Both Tom's company and our company, Mosby Building Arts, were founded in 1947. And over beverages, Tom and I talk about this often. He's got me about six months. So they were founded in live and uh, history just a little bit older. And uh, But uh, on the learning curve, uh, as I've mentioned before, you know, Tom's been a mentor to me for many years. Uh, we've developed a friendship and uh, happy to see him uh, visit us here in St. Louis. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 puts us together. Let's fire up the phone lines and get going and talk with Barb. Hey, Barb, good morning. Welcome to CAMWAX. How can I help? Good morning, Scott. Um, we have... Um a single-story brick home, Mm -hmm. the north side of our house, which is our entrance side, has an 8-foot by 20-foot slab, like a brick pad, like a slab concrete patio. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know if it would be advisable uh, to be able to put a shed roof over that, but one that would be similar to, um, that would be glass. Mm-hmm. Similar to uh, oh, a conservatory roof. Right. Yes. Yes. It um, basically you would uh, effectively have an atrium or conservatory a fabricator um, make this thing. So it would take design. It it takes permit oversight. You know, we have to prove that the glass can function as a roof in terms of safety glass. All the things that go along with that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a little dicey because it does take engineering. We still have to make sure this thing doesn't get pulled off the ground by a tornado or inclement rev- weather, ice falling off a roof. The biggest threat uh, is if your home were a two-story home, the ice falling from the second story under that first-story glass roof. That's the biggest issue. So being a one-story home... Yeah, I think this all makes kind of sense, and it could work. And and uh, actually, I've seen them a couple times. They're they're quite comfortable. So uh, yes, ma'am. Oh well, thank you so much. Now I just have to convince my husband. Well, it's uh, well. <laughs> I would urge you, Barbara, to, to kind of think it through. That if I had a glass room, how, what temperature do I want it? How many seasons? So it's really, you know, and Tom Kelly and I design build. We can design to any standard so if you want this room to be 100 degrees and dripping water to grow you know orchids in the winter we can do that uh, you're, no, I, you know, I don't want a room i ju- i want it to be open i just want okay. the roof sure uh, is there a reason you want the glass on the roof instead of uh, other yes uh it's north facing uh mm-hmm. we have a large uh front window 
and a, a front door that has glass in it, and I don't want to lose that light. Yes, yes. Well, the aesthetics of what's below that roof, uh, forgive my, my language, but you design-wise, you have to sell that thing so that it doesn't look like a storm window stuck on the side of the house. So columns might be a little bit more celebrated. Uh, the, the trim around the edge might be a little bit more... Um, Chunkier. Uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, gratifying to look at. Uh, Tom, any suggestions you might have? You've been around the block a few times. You know, being from Portland, that's uh, a, a space like that is going to be probably done to um, have a real welcoming uh, mm-hmm. sort of impact. So I would be really thoughtful about have a really good designer put that design together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, All right. good words, Barbara. Okay, thank you very much. And, yes, ma'am. Um, glad to hear you back today, Scott. Sorry about the other gentleman, but it's good to hear your voice. Oh, thanks, Barb. I much appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, bye now. Uh, and th- I mean, that Tom, that's the kind of, I mean, I, not to beat our own drum here, but design build, that's kind of an odd project. So getting an architect to draw something small like that, you know, it's 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 hard to get you know, that kind of professional attention uh, to get a contractor to come build it without a plan. This kind of project is very typical for why we do design build. It's it's small, high skill, has some level of complexity. And, you, you know, if, if you don't embellish it with the right aesthetics, you know, like you said, it could be uninviting, uh, you know, so that that's for us, at least in, in St. Louis, you know, that's a, a large reason why we do the design build, because you can't get no respect anyplace else. <laughs> Good design in a project like that is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great idea, Barbara. I, I, I like where you're going with it. it and and frankly, uh, I, I, I say I learned a lot from Tom Kelly. I learned a lot from our clients that didn't know that it was an unusual complex project. They just knew that it made sense if they could do that thing on their house. So I've learned a great deal just from our customers and clients over the years that's just like, well, you can't do that. Well, why not? Well, because of da-da-da-da-da, well, why not? Well, da-da-da-da-da, why not? Because they're not encumbered with all the reasons it won't work. All they know is, hey, this thing just really makes sense to me. We just need some bloke to figure out how to do it. And design, build, voila, that's where we are, Tom Kelly. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what's cooking next up with, uh, how about Bill? Hey, Bill. Good morning. Welcome to KMOX, and how can I help you, my friend? Good morning, Scott. My question is, I uh, got a condo on the second level, and we're receiving all kinds of odors from the condo below, and mm. we've gone through the process of sealing as much as possible around water pipes and that sort of thing that could be, you know, we're in a common wall, but we're still getting it. Do you got any suggestions? Uh, nothing, nothing good. Um, <laughs> afraid of that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, it can be done, but it's almost a new construction. You have to start from the get go. It's really hard to build a project that tightly, um, in a retro f- where you have to go back because you, we have to pull off the drywall. So, I mean, there's yeah. you know, every electrical out, you know, every, every electrical box is a hole in the wall. Every light fixture is a hole in the ceiling. Um, right. You know, and it, and even even with that goal, um, doing a blower door test, I, and I I can suggest that you know if you were to do a blower door test, which is a big 
great big vacuum cleaner that kind of seals up your house and then sucks all the air out, and then you measure where every place it leaks. Mm-hmm. The, the the air coming into your house would be astounding to you and how many places it leaked. Um, and, and that was even if it was built in the last 10 years. It just, you know, it's it's akin to building a submarine and not really a condo. <laughs> I I follow you. I understand. Uh, now, this is just far, far-fetched, but I was just thinking, is there any way to put a little pressure in, in the upper condo? You know, f- follow where I'm going there, where instead of stuff coming in, it would kind of like they do an airplane. They pressurize the inside. Would there be any way to do that that would make sense? Absolutely. You, uh, you are on the about the only path that has any kind of hope. Uh, your house is negatively pressurized. If you have a forced air system, I promise you, if you're listening to my voice, your house is under negative pressure because forced air, there's just never enough return air. So mm-hmm. we all have 100% supply and about 70% of what we need. So that, for, well, shut your furnace off. Um, and instead of having an exhaust fan, pressurize your house from the outside in. Uh, we have... Uh, um, heat recovery uh play things that and vent fans think of a big kitchen vent fan for for tom and i these are a huge vacuum cleaners and for you a bath bath fan exhaust fan for the kitchen that all contributes to a negative pressure you have to kind of turn that around so an hrv heat recovery ventilator uh, is pretty much a hole in the wall that lets in fresh air because most of these fans are drawing a negative pressure on the house um, so you could put in, you eat with or without, you could put in a device, and this would be your heating and cooling person, HRV or an ERV energy recovery ventilator. They're basically holes in the house that allow uh, the, the pressurization to equalize. So I don't know if you'd ever quite get to a positive uh, pressurization, but I promise you, man, you are on the right path and, and probably the only path to uh, be an exporter of air. Now, you're going to export expensive air because you just paid to cool it and dehumidify it in the summer and heat it and humidify it in the winter. So, uh, yes, you can and, you know, add a new zero to your electric bill. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah, I, I follow you. It, it would be uh, uh, kind of a negative effect on what you have already been doing, like you said, heating and cooling it. And okay, but anyway, that would be that would be something feasible to talk to someone about. Though it sounds like yeah, yeah, they'd kind of look at you, you know, like a dog when they're when they can't figure their head will cock to the side, and they'll look at you like you know, <laughs> what have you been drinking, you know? So, but yeah, but the concept, if you get the right uh, heating cooling contractor, as well as the same for uh, insulators. They kind of have to be drinking the Kool-Aid to understand what you're saying because house pressures, leaks, uh, how to balance all that out and how to not to exchange all the nasties, you know, that could be bugs and dust from the outside uh, down to insulative fibers from the attic fiber, you know, all that. So when you get the right one, hang on to them. They're good. Okay. Well, Scott, I appreciate the help. Thank you very much. Okay, Bill. Good luck, my friend. Take care. 
Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, Tom Kelly with me here from Portland, Oregon. We're importing our uh, uh, guests in from halfway across the country. Uh, suffice it to say that uh, glad to be here. Nice to be back uh, home here, if you will. Scott Mosby here on KMOX. Uh, we've got phone lines open for you to call in, ask your questions or your favorite comments. All you do-it-yourselfers out there, I know you're at it. On a day like today, there's not much else you're going to do, so I'll bet you're doing something if not in the hardware store now or the home center you're on your way home to do something with it so give me a call 314-436-7900 think of me as your pre-disastered research department i've made every mistake known to man and and any i have and i'm sure tom kelly has we've been around for a long time gosh tom we're 75 years 76 uh long and long enough i think it's 77 wow wow yeah, so and people say, wow, you've been around that long. It's like, yeah, I've got a list of mistakes I've made. You just can't imagine how many pages. <laughs> Tom Kelly, Neil Kelly, thanks for joining. Uh, let's take a short pause, and we'll come right back for more on University of KMOX. At your service, 97.1 News Talk FM Talk and KMOX right here in St. Louis. Weekend at your service, sponsored by Air Comfort Service Heating, Cooling, and Installation. All right, back together, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We have phone line open, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. All in, call early, call often, kind of like uh, Chicago voting, you know, just vote early, vote often, get them, let's get them going. Uh, 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby back in the seat. Rich Oris convalescing from COVID. Uh, so he's so far feeling pretty good. But, you know, anyway, just wanted me to tell you all, all help. Uh, let's see if we can go to phone lines and see what you can hear with my friend. Hey, Chris, good morning. Welcome to CamWax. How can I help? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, sir. I actually had a question but then when i heard what you both are so gifted in i if i can ask a second one i'd appreciate it Um, the first question related to um i have a a house built in 1955 and i have a couple of sticky doors in it and a little bit of it's not a full depth basement it's a crawl space with some whatever in it and the um foundation is cracked a bit and and I brought in one of the more reputable contractors on foundation repair, and and they gave me like a ten plus thousand dollar estimate, and and to me that seems a little excessive, um, but I just wanted an opinion and also maybe a thought on if if that makes sense. Well, I'm I have a hard time hearing you there, frankly. Uh, uh, say again, would you please? Okay, can you hear me better now? Yeah, a little bit better. Thank you. Okay, I don't know what's going on with my phone. Yeah, I'm hearing an echo. I think we're. I think it's on our end. Pardon me. So. Oh, okay. Um. Well, what? Let's try it, and if it doesn't work, I'll call back in. Um. The. Uh, I have a, a a house built in 1955. Yes, gotcha. And it has um, some uh, 
it has some sticking doors, just barely yeah. sticking okay. doors, and and a crack in the foundation. But the found it's basically a crawl space, like a four foot crawl space, with not not fully poured walls. And um, I brought in one of the reputable firms from St. Louis, and I said, well, I. I'll give this a shot and see what you guys say. And they gave me an estimate of like ten thousand dollars to fix this. Yeah. Or, and and I kind of said, hmm. I I would have thought you could do something. I, I actually had asked them, can you look at a lower, you know, something that just will kind of stabilize the house. And um, yeah. And so I was like, I'm wondering, does that is that what I'd have to accept if I brought in a contractor? Or is there some other kind of company that I would call in and say, hey, you know, all I'm really looking for is stabilize this thing. It hasn't fallen since 1955 too far, and I've been here six years or seven years, and it's not getting any worse. So I'm just kind of doing a little preventative maintenance. Well, honestly, that, that may be the position that I would land on. Is this broken enough? So you're in a consumer position of, you know, is this thing worth $10,000 to me? Am I going to make my life, my home, or or my future house sale better by $10,000? Is you're kind of buying, you know, insurance because there's liability on their end. So you're going to pay a good chunk just for risk that they, you know, that something continues to move and they come back on warranty and do whatever. So just be aware that in the whole just business world of things that, you know, a chunk of that money is going to uh, liability and risk on if they, you know, thing keeps moving. So that's number one uh, and, okay. or number two. Number one being, you know, does this matter? So I, I would come back and challenge you, you know, because in, in remodeling, oftentimes what we come up with is uh, solves the problem. But it may you, you it just may not be that broken to you. It's just not, you know, I, I have I have a, a threshold of what it's worth to me. And if this is more or less, it decides. So sometimes that's kind of the thing. Yes, you can. You can fix that crack. You can epoxy it. There are people that will come in and, and fix it, um, but you kind of get what you pay for. But, you know, I, I, for me, I, I kind of do it right or I don't do it at all, but sometimes mm-hmm. I don't do it at all just to kind of find out how bad is it. Does this really matter? I mean, how much does it leak when it rains? If it does, is it continuing to move? So I, I think you're in a classic consumer choice of, uh, you know, do I really care $10,000 worth? Yeah, you got a good point because there are some steps in the in the bricks, but they haven't changed since I've been here for six or seven years. So I probably just need to get a tuck pointer out here and say, "Hey, can you take care of that?" and go from there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, appreciate I, I think that. you're right on the right place. The the second I mean, question I had real quick is, I have, I am a DIY type guy. You were talking about. And okay. I've gone out and bought a bunch of stuff to remodel two bathrooms, not everything, but most of it. And I'm look, I've, I've been trying to call around and say, hey, can I find somebody that will come in? And I actually have demo done on one of the, the bathrooms, but I can't find anybody who will come in and put the stuff in for me because, you know, I just like to have that done. And yeah. And I can't seem to find, a, is there any recommendations on 
what kind of a contractor or handyman or what do I need to look for to do that kind of a job? Is there is there such a thing? Uh, it's probably a one-man company, one or two, um, because what you're running into is boundaries and the consume, kind of the other version of it. You know, from my point of view as a contract with a reputation and a full warranty and all the rest, you know, now you're kind of blurring the boundaries of, you know, well, whose problem is it if something goes wrong? Uh, so buying the materials yourself um, is is risky for a contractor uh, because if there's a problem with the material, say it's shower base and you build the whole bathroom on some shower base and you supplied the base, you know, now changing the shower base may be $5,000 and rip the shower and the bathroom apart again. Is that your $5,000 or my, you know, so I'm, that's why right. um, a more mature, um, uh, a better known contractor would um, find that a very risky transaction. So you're looking for kind of a, a tradesman. Uh, they're really hard to find. Most of them went to work for Tom Kelly and me over the last 10 years. But 10 years ago, you could find that pretty readily. Now we just don't have enough tradesmen. We don't have enough people doing anything in the world. And um, that's that's the problem that you face is it, it's like, well, finding the person that will do that. Uh, they they are they do exist. They're hard to find. Got it. Okay, and that's fair. And and your kind of business is you don't want to say write a contract and scratch out the warranty part for right, the right for the consumer because you know it's like I I'd be happy to sign that, but I can see the dis, the discomfort on your side because I might come back and go well, even though we scratched it out, I didn't really mean it. So anyway, yeah, that yeah, you. that's kind of. Because part of the value we bring to the table is, you know, that's what we handle. That's what we do. We we interview suppliers. We look at products and all that. So when we're using and and frankly, our teams, you know, Tom Kelly and, and I both have employees. So we self perform the work. We do have subcontractors, but larger there are we train them. So we've got them mm. fully trained on the products we handle. You bring in new products outside of that group. Now we're in a new training issue, and our our reputation may not be worth so much because now we're using products that we don't have command and mastery over. So that's you know that's part of it. So is that, that all making sense, sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys, and have a great Saturday. All right. Hey, Chris. Thank you. Good luck, my friend. Thanks, Scott Bye-bye. Mosby. You betcha. Scott Mosby, Tom Kelly. Uh, Tom Kelly, Portland. Uh, oh, what's the weather like in Portland now? I mean, uh, you guys, uh, you didn't invent uh, sunshine, did you? You know, sunshine is, it happens in Portland. <laughs> um, sometimes starting next, well, probably in early April, we'll see some better weather. But we've we've actually had kind of a challenging winter. Really? Um, had a, a a five-day, six-day uh, event about three weeks ago that got down to 16 degrees, and um, which is unusual for us. And yeah, um, I actually had freezing pipes in my own house. Oh and, my! Um, yeah. Well, I guess there's justice in the world that con- we contractors ha- suffer all the travails yeah, of our clients. Yeah, we're not. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we're not prevented from having some of the similar problems. <laughs> 
Uh, well, uh, tell me a little bit about your business. In 77 years, you've had a chance to be in and out of so many things, but you've got a pretty thriving solar business. Uh, tell me about that. And then Handyman, a little bit to to the point that, uh, you know, Chris was bringing up, where do I find somebody to do unusual jobs? You know, tell me yeah. more. Well, our handyman division, we started back in the uh, early 90s. And, uh, God, we were just, we we uh, had four carpenters who became uh, what we call sales carpenters. So they go out and estimate the work, do the work. Sometimes it's time and material. Sometimes it's a firm estimate. And mm. that business has just thrived ever since. Um, we have about 40 employees in all our locations. Right, right. Neil Kelly has... Uh, Four locations, uh, uh, Bend, uh, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. So, Wow. Um, these days, actually, we're, I think, either the largest or second largest remodeler in the country. And besides Handyman, uh, we have a, a solar division, which I bought a company about uh, 11 years ago that was the uh, oldest solar company in Oregon and, and uh that's that's really been a, a very successful business. People might not think of Oregon as being the sunniest place in the world, but solar works there just like it does a lot of places. Yeah, any place utilities are pricey, uh, you know, the oh, the God. alternatives become more and more attractive. We've had such incredible increases in our utility, our electric utility costs. There was a big uh, fire in, uh, in, in Oregon and Northern California and that cost uh, one of our utilities a lot of money. Well, guess where it goes? It gets passed along to, yeah. to everyone. And so doing so, it's just uh, I have solar on my house and mm. our our bill from April until October is about $12 a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, it's available. And those of you uh, listening, uh, interested in solar, uh, it's only going to grow. This stuff falls out of the sky for free. Those of you from Illinois, uh, not only is there a federal tax credit available, but Illinois has a, a pretty generous uh, state tax credit, so making solar in Illinois kind of irresistible. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that and more right here on KMOX. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Tom Kelly of Neil Kelly Company in the studio as a guest uh, from Portland, Oregon. And Scott Mosby here sitting in for our regular host, Rich Orris, uh, convalescing at home with COVID, probably on the back end of it now. He's probably trying to figure out when he can go to the grocery store again. But uh, we are here at your service. We're going to take a short pause and come right back for more on what I call University of CAMWEX. Scott Mosby, Tom Kelly, at your service. Listen or youridoc.com. And back together, home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, 314-436-7900. Let's go right to the phone lines and talk to my friend Mark. Hey, Mark, Scott Mosby, good morning. How can I help, friend? Uh, How are you? Uh, I have a seven-year-old brick home Mm -hmm. that we built, and inside it has a, a high ceiling. And as the high ceiling in the family room comes down and meets a hallway back to the bedrooms, at two years, we had a small ceiling crack, had it fixed. At four years, we had it fixed again. 
And now this about a year ago, I had a painter drywaller that said, oh, I can get it fixed for sure. And lo and behold, within a year, it's back again. So um, I'm sure there's more going on than just a bad drywall and paint. But uh, what do you suggest? Um, well, I know what it is that you likely have. If you're seven years old, it's a truss roof system. So it's an engineered piece of wood that moves and flexes just like, you know, the like a bridge does. So under load, uh, which from good old St. Louis, you know, from winter to summer, we can have a delta of, you know, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, wood, you know, that's those are two different sizes, you know, at negative six degrees to 104 degrees, you know, I mean, anyway, the point being that truss roof is is moving, they all move, uh, nothing untoward, but the choice of where a drywall joint was put in, um, uh, and some structures just, because the engineer that's designing that uh, truss roof he can stretch the design parameters and still be within allowable limits, but that may mean that your your roof trusses uh, bend a lot or deflect, which is a sexy way to say sag. Right. <laughs> so your roof right. is moving, I, I, uh, the stuff I read on that. Usually, it's, it also cracks along, along a wall. But I was, it's, yeah. it's just right in flat part, right above the ceiling of going into the hallway. Um, did your painter, did, the, did any of these times, did they get up in the attic behind no. that drywall and reinforce it with wood? No. That's this time yeah. I called the guy and he said, hey, before I get up there, I, there's something else going on. I said, well, I'm sure the trusses move, but I, I don't see any cracks along the wall. So, uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. I, I guess what do I need or who do I need to get up there? Obviously, yeah, it, it's got insulation and everything, but do they just rebrace things or? Yeah, in my opinion, that's where I'd start. Before I go nuclear on this thing into a structure, I mean, a seven-year-old house just isn't going to be uh, deficient. You know, it just doesn't. Right. You have, you're within normal engineering parameters. It's just not working out for you aesthetically. So, personally, I'd get up there, pull back that insulation, get two-by-sixes or two-by-eights. I'd, I'd, in my father's words, I'd glue, screw, and tattoo that thing with wood backing an inch and a half thick framing lumber connected to each truss which would be about two feet apart and just that whole joint i would back with solid lumber and then glue and then screw you know literally to that lumber because and it still may move you still may get ghost cracks you'll get less cracks but the point being that you know the drywaller decides when he's building that house where the end of this sheet is and the beginning of the next one but he doesn't know the weakest points of the truss engineer's design he's just putting drywall up so uh you know luck of the draw stuff but i'm not willing you know in seven in a seven-year-old house to have that so anyway uh i'm running out of time mark anyway uh, that's my thing back it up with a lot of wood glue and screw it and i think you'll improve it scott mosby home improvement Here's something.